This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in, everybody, to the flagship podcast interview. I am Chip Brown of Horns 24-7 and very, very excited and happy uh, to bring in one of my favorite people as I've, I've gotten to know over the years and um, just an amazing guy and uh, former Oklahoma Sooner quarterback star and uh, and then became a, a close friend of Peter Gardere from their days together in the Canadian Football League and now the proud father of, uh, well, QB1 at Texas, Casey Thompson, the one and only Charles Thompson. Charles, how you doing? You know, Chip, I'm doing fine and I'm glad to be on with you. You know, it's funny, I'll tell you this, Chip. You know, Peter and I connected years ago uh, back when, you know, we were playing Canadian ball, but it's funny, I spent a lot of time around a lot of the Texas Longhorn former player network with Peter. I mean, and I've gotten to know, even really before Casey got there, uh, I can go down a list of tons of former players uh, that uh, I have established a relationship. I do, actually, right now, I do quite a few camps uh, throughout. I'm involved in FBU, and I actually do quite a few camps around the country with a lot of former University of Texas players, and so it's kind of cool. Uh, it used to be kind of like me against the on one side of the Red River, you know, talking about the game. And now it's kind of neat because now I got a son on the other side. So I got to kind of look at it from a different perspective. Well, Charles, you're a you're a renaissance man because you're a motivational speaker. You do tons in the community there in Oklahoma City. Um, you're you know, you've got a radio show. You 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 know, you're tied in with with everything um, going on in kind of the college football world, certainly, um, you know, as it pertains to, to Texas and Oklahoma these days. So it's always fun to get your perspective because I think you have a, a healthy view of things. But I got to tell you, Charles, take us through your emotions because, um, you know, the Alamo Bowl starts off, Sam Ellinger in the game, and then at halftime, you know, we're hearing he's coming out of the game. Casey's going in the game and boom. I mean, immediate impact, five straight scoring drives. He's eight of 10 passing four touchdown passes. I mean, you know, and he ran, but he's, he's having to move around in the pocket. He's making incredible throws. And, you know, as a dad who's played the game at the highest level, uh, at quarterback, what's going through your mind? Well, you know, honestly, Chip, I, I will tell you, I had a weird feeling uh, even leading up to that game. I, I, you know, I, I honestly felt like that, um, you know, um, uh, if, if I could say, I, I thought for the most part, there was a lot of leadership on, in the locker room without saying particularly anyone's names, but a lot of leadership in the locker room 
leading up to that Alamo Bowl game that really was either checked out or really already ready to check out. And, and so I kind of had in the back of my mind that this is maybe an opportunity Casey would get a chance, but I did, you know, of course you ne never really know. I thought that several times throughout the last two years and quite frankly, it nearly never happened the way I thought it would. And really to be truthful, the honest way I felt about it was kind of almost like, I told you so, or I knew it. <laughs> I mean, because here's the deal. I, I'll go on the record and say this. I mean, I I did. I, I mean, I I had a meeting, uh, a phone call with with Yurcic and Herman. You know, several weeks prior uh, to that Alamo Bowl, it, during, you know, during one of the bye weeks during the season. And it, it's not that I was calling as a parent griping and all this. I know people say this or that. I just really wanted to know the direction of where they were thinking and where they were wanting to go for the future, because you know I. You know, Chip, Casey and I are very close. We've been watching football and breaking down film with each other since he first started the game. That's I'm talking six, seven, eight, nine years old. So he's been preparing from a film preparation standpoint like a quarterback. Now, I know there's a lot of people that say, well, my kids play quarterback. Well, my kids play football for a long time. In our household, it was quarterback first. My oldest son, Kendall, was a quarterback. And so when Casey came along, we only talked the lingo of quarterback for those two. I, my middle son, my, my youngest son obviously didn't play quarterback, but we, he still had to be in the com conversation. But it, so that's all Casey knew. So when I saw him out on the field, I, I knew after watching tons of film over the last two years of practicing and when we're together, I get a chance to watch him while he's, log while he's logging in, in person. And so we get the breakdown film. I get to study film. When, we, when we're together, which is quite honestly – the past week, we spent the whole time breaking down film. The five days that I've been stuck in in Austin the last uh, the last five days since uh, last Sunday. So, no, I just kind of knew Chip that he was ready, like he was mentally, he was preparing. And and you know, you look at what some of the coaches had told you. Yurcic told you guys in an article I thought I read, you know, that Casey was preparing like the starter. They felt extremely confident if he got in the game, he would perform at at a level that would be to you know where Sam could, they wouldn't have any fall off. I mean, but no one wants to believe that. I think no one wants to believe because why in the world had he gotten an opportunity to do anything over the last two, two and a half years. So the assumption is he's not any good. So let's talk about the next big thing coming up. So when Casey got in the game at halftime, it was more like, I just, I wasn't excited. I, it was joy from the inside knowing that I knew that that kid, here's a kid who I knew Chip had worked his tail off, you know, after that game, there were tons of players who had come and gone from the long home program that texted him and told him, Hey man, it's good to see your hard work be rewarded finally. And I thought that's, if I had to put one sentence together, that's what it would be. I was happy for a kid who was very frustrated. I thought outworking just about anyone in that quarterback room over the last two years, but wouldn't get an opportunity to showcase it. For him to finally get that platform and an opportunity and that stage to do so, I thought was very fitting for him. And I was just filled with joy as his father that that, uh, that that was presented to him and he took advantage of it. Yeah, I mean, Mike Yersich, uh, the former offensive coordinator, um, did say that. He said that Casey prepares like a starter. And he said, you, you always tell players that. And some do, some don't. You know, some have their – are in their feelings – you know, and they think they're preparing like the starter. He said, Casey does prepare like the starter. And it was totally evident in that, in that Alamo bowl. And, and then, 
you know, I reported that he went right on to, you know, work with you at a camp and in Phoenix. And then he's in Miami working out with guys who are going into the draft. I mean, he's a guy who, who kind of can't get enough, right? I mean, he's a, he's a quarterback junkie. Well, he's kind of OCD with it, to be honest with you, Chip. I, I can tell you, just from this standpoint, I, I mean, the kid just – I mean, he lives, eats, and sleeps football. Like, I know everyone doesn't get this. And, and I think initially when he got to Texas, it was kind of almost an issue. And a lot of people think it's a, it's a, it's a flaw or whatever. When you're not you, – he'd rather spend time watching film or going to the indoor and throwing than he would hanging out at 6th Street. And that's kind of abnormal for a college kid who's out there on his own, who has no rules around him, but he's consistent and he's very disciplined to his craft and his skill set. And so he's always been that way. And so it, to me, you know, it's funny when he first got to Texas, I remember coach Beck calling me and said, man, I, I, I case he needs to go out and hang out with the fellas because he's just going to be in the room and he's going to get homesick, blah, 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 blah. And, and, and so after a while, Beck called me, Maybe the next year, he said, I, I want to apologize. I said, what do you mean? Basically, he was apologizing because he said, I knew when I recruited Casey that he was all about football. I didn't really know what that really looked like until I got him here in person. Like, he's that's what he's all about. So, you know, it began, it, it, it was a negative thing in a sense because obviously he did enter, enter the transfer portal um, because he wanted to play and, not, and, 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 and everybody wants to play. But I think he went, came to his senses. We decided to stay there, and he knew he had to pay his dues. And uh, I said, let's go to work. Let's grind. Let's, let's, let's close the gap to where there's not any question marks. If, if, if anyone – I said, time and consistency equals trust. I said, continue and keep doing it on the practice field, in the locker room. First you get the players, then you get the coaches – and then everything after that comes. The fans don't get to see it because they don't get to watch practices and they don't get to see uh, any of the things they're doing if you're not playing in the games. But I said, if you do it in that order over time, trust me, your ceiling will be higher than what people think that, that could be your limits, could be your, so other people's floors could be your ceiling. And so don't worry about what they're getting or gaining right now. Just focus on what your ceiling could be because yours could be much higher uh, at a much later time. Well, I think a lot of fans were upset you know, they were ecstatic. Don't get me wrong. They were ecstatic that Casey played the way he did. I mean, it was a one possession game. The offense had bogged down on the six possessions going into halftime. And then Casey comes in and boom, five straight scoring drives, four of them touchdown passes. And, and it, and it turns into a route. And I think some fans were saying, why didn't Casey, you know, get a look earlier. And that staff, that coaching staff is gone. Now you now you have Steve Sarkeesian, who's going to be calling the plays as the head coach, who everyone saw what he could do at Alabama uh, with a ton of talent. Um, but, you know, help develop Mac Jones, a guy that came in with to a you know, tongue of Iloa. No one was talking about Mac Jones. And then suddenly he's a Heisman finalist. What you know, what's your sense of the coaching change and and how this could affect um, things, you know, just well, well, Casey it, and the it, offense. Yeah, here's the deal, Chip. I, I, let's let's answer this in twofold. You asked me, you know, whenever you said the fans were a little upset about, you know, why Casey didn't get opportunity sooner and all this. I got to be honest with you. That's a question that I think, unfortunately, that this staff 
will look back on and maybe wish they had done things a little bit different themselves. Because yeah. at the end of the day, let's let's all look at the reality of it. They're out of a job and there's not anyone lined up that wanted to be out of a job. Right. So when you look at that, I think that there was some things at issue. I don't know, uh, Chip, why he wasn't given more of an opportunity. But what I will tell you, what I do know is what now he's I'm not saying that every time he goes out, he's going to be able to perform at that level. But here's what the things from a quarterback standpoint, not just from a football standpoint, because I think some people look at it, the end result. I look at the process. I want you to think about this, Chip. When you look at how Casey was able to go out there and imagine, there's a lot of people that, that, that will say, well, he's only had a limited action. Well, is that a bad thing or a good thing that a guy with a limited action can go out and perform like that does that say more about who he really is or does that, is that supposed to be a knock that you want to go out and now criticize or have question marks about a performance that, that from a kid who only played a total of last year of about 50 game snaps, but looked like he played 500. Yeah. That's part of the, not only the, the preparation process chip, but the, the ability to execute at a high level. And sometimes I know we look at stuff and, you know, Chip, we've come down to a, a society that wants to quick fixes. And it's easy to look at a guy. He, there might be guys bigger than Casey. There might be guys taller than Casey. There might be guys that have this or that. But at the quarterback position, even though you are maybe all those things, doesn't make you a better quarterback. You look at some of the great ones. It's about your mental IQ and your ability to process the information and take it from the classroom to the field and be able to execute it at a championship level. Listen, Tom Brady isn't the greatest athlete, but he's probably the one of the greatest quarterbacks because he's able to master those certain skill sets it takes to be successful. Sometimes you have guys, Chip, that, can put, that have all the unbelievable ability, but doesn't make him still the better quarterback at the end of the day. And I get so tired of people talking about measurables and star rankings, rather than looking at the reality of it, is when a guy goes out and does that with minimal amount of of game reps, man, you got to think this guy's a gamer, and uh, you just got to respect him for what it is. I, I I will say this to all the Texas fans: quit trying to find a reason not to understand what you saw, and just be happy that maybe perhaps you got a quarterback that has the ability uh, from a passing element. Uh, to, 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 to take the team to the next level. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, and I've, I've, you know, reported that, um, you know, Casey's been a grinder every step of the way, whatever they've asked him to do, um, you know, whether it was scout team or, or then, you know, getting the backup reps and making the most of every opportunity and uh, could not be happier for Casey uh, to get that opportunity in the Alamo Bowl and then just crush it. And he's, you know, he's head down and, and, you know, put the work in and that's, you know, and I've said, I don't think Steve Sarkeesian says there's talent on that roster to go, to go win a championship with if he doesn't like what he has at quarterback. And, you know, that's based on what he saw in the second half. That Alamo Bowl. Now, I don't want to well, put words well, in his well, mouth. You you probably have well, a better. No, 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 Chip, here's what I will say. I, I don't believe that that to be uh, 
totally the nuts of it all. I believe take the 50 snaps. And so that doesn't just include that. That includes the UTEP game. You look at the UTEP game. He gets, um, uh, what, three drives, and he scores touchdowns on two of them. Yeah. And I'm not just talking about gimmies. They were all at his hand, reading the defense to the second and third level and getting the ball out on time in a three-second window and executing. Those are the things, Chip, that doesn't that you can't really discredit. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't discredit that when you look at on film and you see that, I think Sark and his staff looked at that from the UTEP game. So when you add the UTEP game together with the with the second one quarter of the Alamo game, running the same offense that you ran um, uh, with the previous first half, and um, I, I think you see a guy that just has a knack for really understanding um, how to 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 put himself in a mental. Uh, process for preparation to perform at that level because it's not just throwing chip that you perform at that level you got to be able to accurately put the ball ball placement's important of course of course but you also got to mentally be able to put yourself and at the same time stay calm in those scenarios uh to be able to go out there and execute at that level and for a guy who's only had this past year a total of 50 snaps i thought he looked like a guy that had 500 and that to me is what i if i were a texas fan would be ex- most excited about so when Sark looks at that film, I think that's what he sees. I think a guy that really knows football will say under the lights in that stage, this is what this guy did. Of course, I'm going to go watch practice film. And you look at practice film, and I imagine he's probably excited. I do think Hudson Card has some great skill sets. And so when you look at that, there's not a coach around in America, Chip, that doesn't want to be rock solid too deep at the quarterback position because injuries do happen. Things can happen. You want to at least know – I got one and two guys that if something happened, I can still compete for championships. And I think that's what people lose sight of. Uh, it's okay to wait your opportunity and wait your turn. You know, I saw it happen at the University of Oklahoma. I'll be quite honest with you. They had Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield on the, on, on the, on the, on the, in the quarterback room at the same time, Chip. But Kyler had to wait his turn, and he did. And I think in the end, ultimately, it panned out for him. So it's not a knock on a on a on a on a quarterback room to have two guys that are very capable of performing at the high level. And obviously we've seen Casey do it uh, on the stage. We still got to remain to see, you know, what, what Hudson can do in, 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 in that, in that, in that realm as well. Because uh, one thing I can say, it's always easier to look at it from when you see it, than 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 trying to read about it and people telling you about it. When you see for yourself, it's, it goes a lot further along than, than what someone tells you. No doubt about it. Talking to Charles Thompson, the former Oklahoma quarterback. I thought you were going to bring up, you know, when you were having to wait your turn behind, you know, Jamel Holloway when I've, I've you know, been winning I've, national so championships and you're beating the number one team in the country when you get your opportunity. And I mean, it helps to have a one two punch like that at quarterback. Right. Well, Chip, I mean, listen, Casey and I listen, my kids have grown up in my household, so they've heard that. For years of their life, like, you know, you got to realize my, you got to realize my Casey has been in a household with me living with me every day, night and day when his oldest brother went through the same kind of deal uh, in his college career. So he knows the lingo. He knows the situation and he knows that I'm going to tell him the exact same thing. I told his older brother, you go out and you work as hard as anyone else and you just keep grinding 
and put your head down and only worry about the things you can control. Don't get focused on the things that you can't control. And we hear a lot of chitter and a chatter. I probably pay more attention to that stuff than he does. He really doesn't, Chip. He's focused. He knows that he believes in himself. I'm telling you. Casey has felt like over the last 18 months that he was the best quarterback they had in the room, and he still feels that way. Yeah, and that's that's everything. Confidence is everything, and Casey has confidence. Let's take a quick break here on the flagship podcast interview talking to Charles Thompson, proud father of Texas QB1, Casey Thompson. We'll get more into the, the Steve Sarkeesian, um, you know, just the first uh, – 30 days, 60 days of the Sarkeesian era uh, when the flagship podcast interview continues. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So, Charles, let's get into the, uh, you know, how the team is coming and bonding okay. with their coaches, uh, okay. with Steve Sarkeesian. And you, you said you had a chance to spend some time with Casey this past week. What, uh, what are you hearing? Uh, are, we, are we still on? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I, I think I think there is a lot of listen. Anytime there's a changeover, there's going to be certainly a lot of intrigue. There's a lot of unknown, uh, a lot of questions. But I can honestly tell you this, Chip. So Sark did a parents Zoom meeting uh, for all the team uh, several weeks back, and the one thing I love most about what he said was that he just you know, he's been through the iron, through the fire. Like he's made his mistakes and he's humbled. And like, he knows what it's like to have failed. And, and he, he knows what it's like to respect and appreciate the opportunities that are given. Cause you know how, how, or when they will come. And I respect the guy that can look right in, my, in the camera in the, in, and say, listen, I made mistakes. I wasn't perfect. You know, I wasn't, I fell short, but I, I took myself from that point, some of the lowest, darkest times. And I can relate to that chip. I had on myself. You know, through my troubles and my times I had at the University of Oklahoma. And he said, I just challenged myself to be the best version that he could be every day. And I could, I could really, I could really connect with that, man. And I I just think the players are really excited. There's a lot of excitement going around. Obviously, you got the guy who who ran the offense for the, the team that just won the national championship. And let's not just say that. There, there are the, the modern day powerhouse of college football. Here's a guy who's ran that offense, put three guys in New York as a finalist in that offense. He also is a guy who has NFL experience. So guys who are on the roster that have NFL aspirations, which they all probably do, you got a guy who's been in that room, who's coaching that environment, who knows what – been in the lingo, been in the meetings, been in the draft rooms. Chip, I just think it's – the more I looked at the hire, and obviously everybody was excited – uh, some other names that was going and buzzing around, but I got to be honest. With you, I think now um, this hire is 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 about as good, I think, as Texas could be, and I think it's a great hire for the direction and the foundation of where they want to go. 
to get themselves back into that conversation of being a powerhouse football program around the country. Well, and it's interesting uh, that you've got a guy who's, uh, you know, just put up, like you said, an unbelievable uh, offense performance as part of a national championship, who's going to be calling the plays offensively, kind of like Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma, obviously Oklahoma, the sixth time uh, defending big 12 champion. And, and I I'm impressed with the staff that Sark has put together from, you know, from Jeff Banks, well, the, the tight end well, special teams coordinator to Pete Kwiatkowski, the defensive coordinator. Well, Chip, I will tell you this. As you know, I'm still pretty well connected around the country with a lot of college coaches and even professional coaches. Either they were once former teammates of mine or, you know, just connected in some kind of way. Um, and I've got a lot of relationships around the country in my network of, as it is through my relationship to running camp. I can honestly tell you, there is a lot of buzz, a lot of people talking about, as, as I was quote unquote, Texas has some dogs, has some coaching now. They got some guys that uh, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting and intriguing. I had one coach tell me uh, that, uh, you know, he's concerned now about what they put together down in Austin because it, it might start stepping on the toes of what's happened there in Norman, Oklahoma. So, you know, I, when I, when I talked to guys who've been head coaches, there were former coaches of mine from, you know, Jim Don and uh, to Barry Switzer to, to visiting with Bob Stoops to to some of the other guys that I know, Chris Wilson at Colorado, all these different coaches that I talked to, Mark Lake, Mark, um, Mark Layton, um, excuse me, Mark Hudson at LSU, Mickey Joseph at LSU. I got people all over the country, Chip, that are saying they got a they got a serious staff they put together down there. Yeah, no, it's uh it's an exciting time for for Texas and, Longhorns, and, and, and a lot of them bring up Bo Davis. Bo Davis, they say is be watching because he's going to be perhaps one of the lead talent getters. Like they, I didn't realize that he at LSU, you know, what, what he has produced at LSU with some of the talent he's got to, to come to LSU. Like, so he, he's another guy when you talk about uh, that, putting that staff, I think he's a very great addition to them as well. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, impressive, impressive from, uh, and Jeff, Jeff Choate, um, the former head coach at Montana state. I mean, I'm hearing, amazing things about this guy as a, a fiery, um, you know, motivator and kind of the fire to Pete Kwiatkowski's ice on, uh, on the defensive side there with Bo Davis and Blake Gideon and, and Terry Joseph. So Charles, as, uh, as we look at this, um, you know, going into the spring, spring will start March 23rd, spring game, April 24th. What are you most excited about or what what do you think Texas fans, um, you know, should be excited about going into spring football? Well, I think certainly you got to be excited about having new leadership uh, at the program. Listen, you got to be excited about where it is like, listen, Texas, despite whatever you want to say about Herman and his crew over the four years, they have improved Texas. Texas is certainly much closer than they were when he when he got there. So I think what they ought to be excited about is that you perhaps got a group of coaches that I think will have the ability, number one, to be football solid all the way around the board. We'll still be able to continue to recruit uh, that. uh, I think you got an exciting offensive coach. And I think you, I think they should be excited about just, just the staff and the new players that are going to have to step up and take leader, you know, 
I just think that I just think the fans chip need to be excited about I think we're in the direction. And I don't know that I'm gonna predict here, Chip. I'm not sure it's as big as a um hurdle for them to be in consideration for a lot of, you know, big things in the next couple of years. And the people think, I, I think they were, where Herman left them off. I think where Sark and his guys can come in, chip up a couple of things here and there. I, it wouldn't surprise me if you see, you know, like dynamic, unbelievable run, like we've seen uh, some of these other people have. Like LSU came out of the woodworks and what they did. I, I So it wouldn't surprise me if that, if that happened for Texas here in the near future. Let me, let me ask you, because you probably have a, a, a really good sense of this. Um, you know, Sam Ellinger, one of the, the things you heard, the praise for Ellinger was as a leader. I, you know, his play was up and down and, and I don't know that he had the senior year he wanted to have, but everyone, you know, talked about his leadership. He's gone. Casey's, you know, the guy right now, how would you describe Casey's, leadership he's a guy that he's going to lead by this method number one i think before while sam was there i think sam i think casey has 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 one thing i've taught casey is respect for the order of football like the business of football sam's a starting quarterback you can't walk around because that's no matter how cocky or how confident you are it's still sam's team so I think some of the vocal leadership from Casey, I think, was was out of respect that for Sam that that wasn't as heavy. I'm not sure that that that, but he probably was is going to be a, a lot more vocal, a lot more demanding. The one thing how he's going to lead Chip, he's going to force the team to work at his level and his uh, uh, consistency. Like he's, I'm telling you, he's going to have guys in the bubble throwing all the time not just some of the time. It's not just about leading when coach around or during the practice time. It's when you get better, the championship level teams go above and beyond. And that's, what's going to define. And that's, what's going to be Casey's leadership. He's going to lead by working hard. And I'll tell you this chip, he's got people already following that because they seen him work and work, work. And the best thing in my opinion that's happened for Texas is that Casey got rewarded for that commitment and work ethic. So now it sends a resounding message throughout the entire program. If we want to continue to be successful, or if I want to get to, to that, the level that like Casey had an Alamo Bowl, I got to go work like he did. So I think now he's in position. I think the Alamo Bowl, the changeover of coaches, all the things in place will set Casey up to demonstrate his leadership from let's take action. Let's be about it rather than just talk about it. Um, Winding things up here with Charles Thompson, father of Texas quarterback Casey Thompson. And um, what, uh, you know, what have you heard in terms of the the vibe, I guess, going on between the coaches and the players right now? I think it's really all good right now. I think I think the vibe is from what I, you know, I've I've been in I've been around uh, and present on some of the calls that they've had as a team when Casey's been with me um, or I've been with him. Uh, I've had, you know, uh, 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 some brief conversations with some of the coaches already, and I won't necessarily get into that. I, I think there's going to be some excitement. Uh, I, I think that um, I think the vibe is the players. It's now they're working hard, but they're excited about it because they think obviously 
when you work hard and you win, it's a lot hard. It's a lot better when you work hard and things don't kind of work out. So I think I think the vibe is th- there's excitement, Chip. I think th- I think when you look at even from the recruiting standpoint, I think you're going to start seeing some lot of positive things. Yep, yep, and and you're seeing that with some of these 22 um, commitments. Uh, some receivers, and obviously Sark has said they need to load up on the skill receivers and on the offensive line, and um, and and so you're seeing some of that already. Um, Charles, I I can never let you get away from an interview without some Switzer story because Switzer's the funniest coach I've ever covered. I covered him when he was with the Cowboys, and the guy is one of a kind. I mean, when he holds court and starts in on the storytelling, it is, you can't breathe. You're laughing so hard. Um, and I hate to set you up like that, but, um, you know, anything. Well, let me tell you, let me tell you, uh, you know, Chip, the one thing I will say about, and and this is on a serious note side of Switzer, like he's the kind of guy, like when, when, when Switzer recruited you and you came in, you know, he, he recruited you as the, the, the man, not just as the coach, like he continues to have relationships with all of us. I, I, one of the neatest things I can say, you know, my son transferred Casey, I'm talking about his last year of high school, we went and transferred to a small, say small school, it's a 4A school. Uh, we, we went from 6A to 4A uh, out in the little community outside of uh, the Oklahoma city metro area called Newcastle. And I'll never forget Switzer calls me and says, hey, when's the next time your son play? I'm going to the game with you. And, you know, who does that? And sure enough, he shows up, sits in the stands with me <laughs> uh, at a regular uh, small town high school game. And people are walking around and they're almost falling down the steps or stumbling over the steps because they're, they're like, is that Barry Switzer? <laughs> and he's sitting there so calmly and we're just sitting there talking football. And finally, people start coming up. He, he takes pictures. He signs autographs. He's just very good with people, man. And that's one yeah. thing that I will always love about him is that he 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 told me and he told my mom and them, hey, if Charles comes to Oklahoma, I'm going to care about him long after the football day's over. And I care about my players and I don't give a crap what people say about me, this or that, but that's ultimately what I am and what I'm going to be. And Chip, he's lived up to it. That's that's awesome. That is awesome. Um, Charles, anything else you think is important for – you know, Texas fans who are just, they're so excited about spring football and, and anything and everything having to do with, with the program and, and Casey, honestly, I mean, they saw that Alamo bowl, just like Steve Sarkeesian did. And they certainly saw an offense just on full throttle. Any, any other thoughts you have before we sign off? Well, I will say this. Obviously, I, you know, I, and it's funny you bring up. I to bring up. I certainly I got a call from a lot of coaching friends of mine. Former Georgia head coach calls me. I got friends at LSU. People call me. Certainly, when when the, the there was an article put out in the Athletic about you know this or that, and I got to be honest with you, Chip. Across the board, everyone thought it was just bush league that you're interviewing coaches who are gone, who just got fired. And you're asking about players that are still that that's really kind of from a from a media standpoint, it's just crappy. And from an ex player coaching standpoint, you know, it just I mean, you, you, you know, you just it, it, I thought that was a Bush League article. And I I've, I, I mean, Bruce Feldman, I thought was better than that. You know, obviously you people want to have fiery stories, but 
listen, at the end of the day, I don't got to say anything anymore. I don't have to try to defend Casey. Casey's going to have an opportunity to defend himself. He's going to have an opportunity to win the job and be the QB1 where he's always wanted to be. It doesn't matter what they say or what they thought they saw. The truth, the reality of it is you've got a brand-new coaching staff in there who I know without a shadow of a doubt certainly had to be impressed with what they saw. If they understand and know football like I think I, they do and like I know I do, uh, I, I, I feel really confident that uh, Casey's going to work and work hard. And so I would say to the fans, man, quit worrying about who the next guy is going or who's going to outperform that and just enjoy whether it be, you know, Casey Thompson at the car. I mean, just, man, just, just hope the program plays at a high level and, uh, you know, and, and, and Texas can start winning and competing for championships without trying to ordain or, 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 or discredit uh, either player. I, I'm, I'm for all kids, Chip. I'm for competition. And I'm for always the best man up and the best man leads and the best man gets the opportunity. And so at the end of the day, if that's what this coaching staff is going to do, then I'm going to rest on their their, their decision. And and I, I ultimately feel like uh, that's going to be Casey Thompson. I really do. I, and not just because he's my son, but because I know what he's going to bring to the table. And it's not going to be a lack of skill set. And, and, and so he's not going to lack the skill set is needed. And I know that he's going to have the mental preparation because that's who he is. And I know that he's going to have the work ethic. And so he's going to do everything right. He's also graduating in May. He's going to have opportunity uh, to, to be in grad school. That's going to give him a lot more opportunity to spend a lot more time around football. And so I think you go back and look at one of the benefits that they had at Alabama and why they love Mac Jones. He was a graduate student, sat for three years. Everyone thought Bryce Young was going to be the guy. He came out and had a monstrous year, you know, went to New York as a Heisman finalist and probably is going to be drafted in the first round. It does happen to guys regardless of what they were ranked and how you thought of them coming out of high school. At the end of the day, it's a whole new deal. It's a whole new opportunity. And uh, everybody advances and develops at, at their own pace. I think Casey Thompson's got the ability to be a successful quarterback in college. And I personally feel like he has the skill set if given the right opportunity can play at the next level as well too. I think when, once Texas fans sit back and, allow that process to go through. If he's the guy, I think just sit back and give him a chance. Cause I think he's going to, I think he's going to be better and surprise some people uh, more so than what they think. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a great uh, story of perseverance. My, my dad, God bless him. Uh, just passed away. And Man, sorry to hear that. Well, the last thing, the last football game we watched was the Super Bowl, And my dad was a Michigan university of Michigan season ticket holder. And he loved Tom Brady, not just, because he won, he loved Tom Brady because he had to overcome his own college coach benching him for Drew Henson and then goes on to win seven Super Bowls. And right. And like you said, it's it's about the guy who's willing to grind to get where he wants to go and put in that extra time and, you know, practice in in Florida, when you know, in parks when they're not even supposed to be out there because of the pandemic. And that's right. You know, they're getting shooed away by by authorities. You know, you can't gather like this and, you know, but that's what it took to get where they wanted to go. And um, Charles, man, I could talk to you all night. This is so much fun. And and uh, and, you know, I just uh, I appreciate the time so much. And and hopefully it'll be the first of many conversations, my friend. Chip, as always, I'm always here, man. I appreciate you. And uh, like I said, uh, I don't say this very often and too too much here around Oklahoma, but uh, thanks for the time on your on your podcast and hook them. There, there you go. There he is, everybody. Uh, Charles Thompson. And uh, 
We thank you so much for listening to the flagship podcast interview. I am Chip Brown of Horns 24-7. And until next time, stay safe and keep the faith.